Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. Or get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy, Jared, a.k.a. 85 from the ME Bros Podcast, coming to you live from the basement. Got some big topics I want to touch on today, um, so let's kick it off. Um, first things first, um, last night was one of the craziest scenes I've ever seen in an NFL football game. I think you're looking at a situation where Miles Garrett he got suspended today. I'm not sure if you didn't watch it. Miles Garrett, uh, end of the game, Mason Rudolph throws a screen pass with eight seconds left on the clock in a game where the Browns were already up 14 points. Decides to not only tackle and drive uh, Mason Rudolph to steal his quarterback into the ground, but then kind of hangs on top of him, talking talking smack. And then uh, Mason Rudolph, who was in the wrong, tries to, to take off Miles Garrett's helmet. Miles Garrett just goes over the edge, picks him up by his head with the helmet to snatch it off. Uh, first off, how strong do you have to be to lift up a 235-pound person by their helmet? Takes it off and then hits him over the head with it. So there are, I mean, some people are saying, oh, this is, this is assault and, you know, you should have been arrested. And, and although I do think on the field of play, there is, uh, you know, this isn't something where the police needs to get involved. This should be something to where Miles Garrett is suspended for at least not only the end of this season, but he needs to be suspended for at least the next four games of, of next season. Um, he needs to have at least 10 games of, of a suspension. Look, man, I it was fortunate. Um, for me, I'm not a fan of Mason Rudolph, the quarterback. Um, I don't think he's very talented. I don't think he does anything particularly well um, besides being, you know, 6'5", 235 pounds and being prototypical compared to what the status quo is. But I mean, if you look at it, doesn't throw a great deep ball uh, in the NFL, at least we've seen. Uh, isn't particularly accurate. Not the best decision maker. Evidence by his four turnovers yesterday, his four interceptions. Um, not mobile really at all. Uh, so, uh, but but one of the things I can tell you is Mason Rudolph is uh, from Rock Hill, South Carolina, down the street from where I was uh, I was raised. And I think one of the situations I've, I saw in that, that uh, act is he could have seriously been injured. Now, luckily for him, he got hit with the underside of the helmet. But if Miles Garrett was quote-unquote seeing red, like everybody's been telling me, oh, you know, you just see red. You know, sometimes you can't control yourself. Well, if he saw red and instead of his hand going like this with the helmet, it went the other way, and he hit him with the crown of the helmet, he could have done some serious damage. He could have, uh, I'm not going to say he could have killed him. He could have he fractured his skull. He could have he could have knocked him unconscious. I mean, Mason Rudolph was just knocked unconscious in the actual game. Three weeks ago? So that suspension's got to be at minimum, at minimum 10 games, six games for the rest of the season, four games in the next season, just to send the message that this can't happen. Um, obviously, the others, others already involved. Right now, Miles Garrett got suspended indefinitely. They said at least the remainder of this year and the playoffs. They won't see him this year. Um, but there are uh, you know others involved with it now that, that are also facing suspensions. Um, you got uh, Marquise Pouncey who is suspended the next three games. You got, um, I can't think of the uh, 
the other lineman, Ogunjobi or whatnot, from the Browns who pushed Mason Rudolph down to the ground after the fact for no apparent reason. He got suspended a game. You got a ton of fines that are going to be coming down. And I think what that overshadowed is, that was a terrible game. Look, I know a lot of things, you know, I, I can, it's, it's probably not politically correct to look at something like that and to say, oh, you know, let's focus on the actual game. But let's focus on the actual game. The Browns are so bad situationally that it literally took Mason Rudolph handing them the game on the platter for them to win it. I mean, think about this. You go, you play as well as, they, as the Browns play comparatively based on what they've been. And it literally took the fourth interception from Mason Rudolph before the game was like, oh, it's over. I mean, at one point, he had thrown three interceptions, and they were down 14-7, to seven and they were driving. I mean, how? at what point in time do we just sit here and say, they missed on Baker Mayfield? I mean, Lincoln Riley does make every quarterback look like a Heisman winner. I mean, evidenced by Baker and then by Kyler and now by Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen probably won't win the award because uh, even Baker knows we're going versus somebody that's putting up numbers like Joe Burrow. But... At the end of the day, I think they just missed on him. And the the biggest thing I saw, and this will lead me into my next topic, is they had an opportunity to draft high-quality quarterbacks and draft after draft after draft, and they passed. They passed on uh, Carson Wentz with the number two pick in the draft the previous year. Uh, they, they they whiffed on Deshaun Watson instead. They went with a different Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser. Um and so, and the worst part about it is, I, you could say, hey, they should have taken Deshaun Watson number one overall over Miles Garrett, which I said that at the time. But luckily for them, they had this, the twelfth pick in the draft, and not only did they pass on him at one, but when he got to twelve, they traded the twelfth pick to the Texans to allow them to draft Deshaun Watson. So, uh, and and then they also missed on uh, Mahomes. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say they missed on Lamar Jackson because I think Lamar Jackson is better than Baker, but I think Lamar is also helped by having um, an offensive coordinator that is, you know, was the same offensive coordinator who worked with Kaepernick and helped him put up great numbers, who worked with Tyrod Taylor and helped him put up great numbers in Buffalo and Greg Roman. So, um, but going on to that, I um, I watched a movie with my daughter, uh, my almost four-year-old daughter, because uh, it's almost holiday time, you know. Um, I put on Home Alone and I said, let me check out, you know, Macaulay Culkin and show her and see if she thinks this is funny. You know, the bad guys getting beat up. And you know what I never did? I never watched that movie and like midway through was like, I wonder if Marv is going to catch Kevin this time. You know why? Because I had seen the movie already and the movie doesn't change. I see a lot of people here on social media, on these sports talk radio st stations that are, they're, they're watching Home Alone and they're like, oh no, Kevin's going to get caught. And they've already seen this movie before. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If I told you, hey, there's this quarterback, he kind of came out of nowhere, his, his rookie season, he didn't even start for most of the season. Then he comes on and puts up some, some great numbers late, gets a little bit of buzz at the end of the season. Then the next season, he puts up some monster numbers early. 
Then he plays the preemptive team in their conference, the team that was supposed to win the conference by all the media members, New England Patriots, Florida State Seminoles 2016, and he blows them out. Blows out the Patriots, blows out Florida State, and everybody goes nuts. Oh, this guy, best player in the country, best player in the NFL, should he win the Heisman? Should he win the NFL MVP? Next week, what happens? Plays a cupcake. Plays Cincinnati Bengals. Plays the Charlotte 49ers. Puts up 59 points on the 49ers. Could have put up 59 points on the Bengals because they could score whenever they wanted to. And then they faced a guy named Deshaun Watson. And everybody remembers that game more fondly than the game actually was played. Let me tell you what happened in that game. The Louisville Cardinals were down 28 to 10 at halftime. And the only reason the game was even close was everybody around Deshaun Watson started making mistakes. Deshaun had two interceptions that game that were all balls that hit receivers directly in the hands that were dropped for picks. He had a play where he threw the ball to Mike Williams who caught the ball in the two-yard line and then fumbled after a gyre Alexander strip. And Deshaun, after that happened, and then after Lamar Jackson puts up touchdown, 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 he looks up and he's down 36 to 28 in the fourth quarter. Now, this is advantage Lamar Jackson. He is up eight points in control of the game with a quarter to get yourself into probably the best place to be in the college football playoffs. And what happens? Deshaun Watson scores back-to-back -back touchdowns on his last two drives, and Lamar Jackson scores zero points on his last two drives. I'm not telling you to talk about Lamar Jackson because on the last drive, uh, if the receiver is more where he probably gets the first down, and who knows what happens. But what I can tell you is this. There was no reason for Lamar Jackson to win the Heisman, and there's no reason for Lamar Jackson to be over Deshaun Watson in this MVP discussions. Let's just look at this from a realistic standpoint and say, all right, Deshaun Watson is playing with a worse offensive line, at least for this year. Uh, his team has finally put some help around him, uh, but they've been banged up. Laramie Tunsil's missed multiple games. Uh, Titus Howard missed multiple games. Uh, even the backups missed multiple games. Zach Fulton missed a game uh, versus the Panthers where literally, literally the entire right side of the line uh, was banged up and the backup right tackle went out that game. So offensive line advantage Lamar on a normal basis, right? Defense advantage Lamar for the majority. I mean, the, the Texans' pass defense this year has been suspect. I mean, up until the last game when we shut down the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the schedule – all the quarterbacks we played. Now, we played a tough schedule of quarterbacks. We played Drew Brees. Uh, we played um, Jacoby Brissett. We played, um, I mean, if you go through Phillip Rivers, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we played a pretty tough schedule of quarterbacks. But the quarterbacks' first eight weeks of the season had 18 touchdowns and six interceptions, I believe is the number. So uh, when you looked at it, our pass defense has been suspect. So you had the advantage there. Running game. Nobody's taking Carlos Hyde over Mark Ingram, regardless of the fact that the, the Texans are running the ball really well. You look at receiver, clearly that goes to Deshaun Watson. But what team is leading the NFL in drops through a week and a half ago when Deshaun and us to their bye? It's the Houston Texans. As much as their numbers look somewhat similar, Texans dropped four touchdown passes versus the Chiefs. How does his numbers look with another four touchdowns? And two of those drives ended in interceptions 
after they drop touchdowns. So take off two interceptions. So now he's got three picks instead of five. Throw on four touchdowns. So now he's got 22 touchdowns to three picks, right? Now how's that MVP talk look? And, and I know everybody's going to probably say, oh, you know, you're just being the homer. You're, you're a Texans fan. And I am. But I'm going to go and break down just a few of the stats just to show you guys what's going to happen this weekend. Because I think the Texans are going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it pretty handily. If you're going to beat Deshaun Watson, you have to get pressure on Deshaun Watson. One, because he's got uh, elite receivers with elite speed. You got Will Fuller coming back likely from injury. Kenny Stills has great speed. You have DeAndre Hopkins, who doesn't have elite speed, but is one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best, because of his route running, his ability to catch the ball in traffic. The, and the, the Ravens are 28th in pressure this year uh, from their defensive line. Not good. Also, you need to be able to stop the run because the play action is one of the biggest things that's helped Dr. Sean Watson this year because of the running game that has been uh, extremely effective. The Ravens are 28th in the league in rushing defense, despite playing the second easiest schedule from run offenses. So I have a defense that has not done a great job stopping the run. I have a defense that has not done a good job of getting out to the quarterback. And I have a defense that takes a lot of chances. I like Marcus Peters. I like Jimmy Smith, but they're ball hawks. They go after plays. And I don't think they've played a legitimate schedule. Yes, they beat the Seattle Seahawks. That wasn't on the I don't, I don't think that was necessarily on the Ravens. I thought that was more on the Seahawks giving the game away. They won the game 30 to 16. Uh, Russell Wilson threw a point blank pick six to Marcus Peters where it was a throw he should have never made. And then DK Metcalf gets a first down, gets stripped, and they run the ball back for a touchdown. Lamar put up 16 points that game. Uh, you, you looked at the game where they played the Patriots. That was their only real game that said was a dominant game. But for that same game, I could give you the game versus the Browns. I can give you the game versus the Chiefs. I can give you many of these games where they didn't look good. Same, same versus the Steelers. They played the Steelers when Mason Rudolph got knocked off and knocked out. And the third string quarterback had them in overtime. So I just want to know, when are we going to get to the point where we recognize Deshaun Watson's a better player than Lamar Jackson? And could Lamar, Lamar, from a physical talent standpoint, has probably more physical traits than Deshaun Watson. Could he eventually develop into this elite passer that could be a better player? Because clearly he's a better runner. He's the greatest runner of the ball at quarterback we've ever seen. But I don't think he's going to get to that point. I think he's going to be a great player, electrifying player. But sometimes we focus on the flash and the splash more than the substance. And Deshaun Watson, who's completing 70% of his passes, will show you why he is the MVP of the NFL starting this weekend. He's got a three-game stretch that should put him in prime position to win. He's got the, even though it's not prime time, which is laughable that they didn't flex it in in place of the Rams-Bears game, but you got Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson this week. All eyes are going to be on that game. Next week, you got the Thursday night game versus the Colts. All eyes are going to be on that game. Next week, you got a Sunday night game versus the Patriots. You put three wins together there, Put yourself in perfect position to win the, high, the, the MVP award, which is what I think he will win. Lastly, I do want to get into this, right? Obviously, we got Colin Kaepernick getting his workout. Um, I thought it was uh, obviously rushed and put together from what I'm hearing. Some sources have said that uh, Jay-Z put some pressure on Roger Goodell, said, hey, look, I took this hit from you from uh, you know all of the black media, Twitter, everything, uh, and from the community for quote-unquote selling out and saying, hey, we're done, we, we should be done with kneeling, etc. Colin Kaepernick needs an opportunity. And at first, thought it was a complete sham. 
But now, you know what my thought is? I think Colin Kaepernick's about to get signed. This is why I think so. We are in a society of cowardly people in high places, right? We're in a place where uh, if if everybody, it's the middle school thing, everybody at the table is like, hey, look, uh, you know, what what kind of ice cream you like? Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. One person probably likes vanilla, but you know what they're going to say? Chocolate. Because they don't want to be the one person at the table who doesn't get what they want, who, who's different. And, and NFL teams are similar. I think what's happening is, I think there's plenty of teams that wanted to sign Colin Kaepernick. Not saying that they were like, oh, look, this is the first thing on our to-do list. But I think there are plenty of teams who said, we could use Colin Kaepernick. What about Cincinnati Bengals? You think the Bengals don't know that Colin Kaepernick is better than whoever they're throwing at a quarterback? I mean, right now they got Ryan Finley, who couldn't even put up points versus Clemson when he was in college last year at NC State. And then they got Andy Dalton on the bench. So you don't think they think that? You don't think the Bears look at it and say, hmm, Kaepernick, great defense, good options at running back, some receivers that have some speed. We probably could win at least our division with this. I mean, that's what, what he did with the 49ers. But you know what's happening? Nobody wants to be the one team to step out there butt naked and say, look, I will take him. But I think what's going to happen is now there's cover. There's going to be reportedly at least 24 teams at the, at the workout tomorrow. Uh, those 24 teams will have a lot of other people who have done interviews with them, that have, have watched the scouting. And what they, the team that signs them will be able to do is to step out and say, yes, we signed Colin Kaepernick. There were lots of teams that had mentioned to us they were going to sign him. We were lucky to get them because everybody was going to sign them. So they covered themselves by saying, we weren't the only ones that were going to sign Colin Kaepernick. We're not the liberal whatever that because that's the, the narrative that's out there. Oh, if you sign Colin Kaepernick, as opposed to just looking at it and saying, hey, his last season, he had 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. There's going to be, oh, you're making a political statement. So I think this provides cover. I think if he does get the job, all regardless if he gets the job or not, the fact that there are going to be 24 teams there and he's got an actual opportunity to work out, to put film on tape for the other teams that even aren't going to be in attendance. I think Jay-Z needs an apology from all of the black Twitter media community who's, oh, you're just selling out, etc. I said at the time, I thought we needed to wait to see what happened because I thought that he wasn't going to make that decision and not have something up his sleeve. I think this was his ace up his sleeve and I think, I think he's going to work out. I think Colin Kaepernick will have a job in the next week or two. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Now, finally, picks. Any of you guys that listened to this podcast last week and actually bet it, you were happy. Undefeated. 3-0. I picked two underdogs to win straight up. I picked Minnesota to win straight up versus Penn State. I was correct. I picked LSU to win straight up versus Alabama. Said the score would probably be around 50-45. to 45. I was correct. And I told you the easiest bet of the year was Clemson versus NC State minus 32 points because NC State's terrible and because Clemson was pissed off with being ranked number five and they were up 42-0 at the half. So I got some games for you guys this week that I think you're going to love. I think this is going to be another, I'm going to go with four games this week, uh, but I think those four games are going to be four games that you're really going to get a bang for your buck. Let's kick it off with a team that I do not like typically. I'm going to go Alabama minus 18 and a half points versus Mississippi State. Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to say, oh, you, Jared, you always talk about how you don't like betting Bama. I'll tell you why. I hate their kicker. Their kicker can't kick 
and they never have a good kicker. I have no idea if it's their special teams coach, whatever it is, but I bet them. I told you guys in here to bet them versus South Carolina earlier in the year. The line was 24 and a half. The Crimson Tide got the 24, had an extra point, missed the extra point, had a 33-yard field goal, missed that field goal, and eventually scored another touchdown. But South Carolina scored the backdoor cover touchdown uh, with 13 seconds on the clock to make it a 24-point win as opposed to a 25-point win. So I have been off Bama a lot since then. But Mississippi State is not very good. They have a decent defense, but their offense is terrible. And their defense isn't going to be able to stop Alabama. And so if you're giving me less than three touchdowns, I'm going to take Alabama minus the 18 and a half, even if Tua doesn't play, because Mac Jones versus a better Ole Miss team, I think Ole Miss is better than, than Mississippi State, scored 49 points versus Ole Miss. So uh, take, take Alabama, swallow the points. I think it's still going to be fine. You're going to, you're going to enjoy that pick. Next, as I've been saying for weeks, Penn State is extremely overrated. I get an Indiana team who I don't think is great, but Indiana's seven and two, and they're playing Penn State at Penn State. They're getting 14 and a half points. Now, look, Indiana is not a team that I think is going to beat Penn State, but Penn State has played four decent teams, decent to above decent teams, right? Those four teams Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lost by seven, had the ball at Penn State's one yard line with four minutes to go in the game at Penn State. They played Michigan. Michigan lost by seven points. Dropped a fourth down pass in the end zone with nobody around the receiver, which would have sent the game to overtime, but they lost by seven points. And that was when Michigan wasn't playing very well. Then you had the game versus Iowa. Iowa lost, I believe that game was at Penn State as well. Penn State's had a lot of home games. By five points, 17 to 12. Penn State's not beating DC, and they had the Minnesota game, obviously, last week where they lost straight up. So Penn State is not beating teams by large margins. Uh, their quarterback is not capable, I think, of putting up large numbers versus teams that have at least an adequate defense and an adequate offense. Indiana has both. I don't think they're great at either, but I think they're adequate. That's evidenced by their 7-2 and two, uh, record. I think Penn State wins the game by 7, uh, maybe 14 if they have a great game, but they're not winning the game by more than two touchdowns. So I would take Indiana, especially get it while you can get that 14 and a half. Um, that half point is a big deal. Um, go ahead and take Indiana with that. And the last game of the college slate, I got Michigan versus Michigan State, and they're getting or they're only giving 13 and a half points. Now, if it's at 14, I probably don't take it. But Michigan's played really well recently. People don't realize since that bye, since they, that uh, Penn State game, they played pretty well. They beat the breaks off of Notre Dame. Uh, they came back the next week, beat the breaks off somebody else. Uh, the offense is starting to run the ball. They're getting a little bit of an identity. And Michigan State is terrible. Look, I'm not telling you you should fire uh, D'Antoni, uh, uh, but he looks, or D'Antonio, whatever his name is. I think, no, I think it's D'Antoni. Yeah, D'Antoni. I don't know if you should fire him, uh, but uh, you should at least bring in some new coordinators because that team is bad. Um, I'm not sure if you watched the game versus Ohio State. It looked like it was a close game when Michigan State played them, but their offense can barely move the ball. They lost last week to Illinois. Um, I don't think Michigan's going to have any problem covering those two touchdowns. So take, give me that 13 and a half points and take Michigan. Last bet, as I've already told you, is the NFL bet of the week. It is the Texans versus the Ravens. Texans are getting four points. I'm going to tell you three reasons why the Texans are going to win that game straight Straight up, I guess you can take that money line. I, this is why. I've bet that money line already. Um, 
One, Texas has a better quarterback. Now everybody's confused about that, but look at, at the when, when Deshaun Watson plays versus high quality other quarterbacks, he always plays extremely well. You got uh, Deshaun Watson when he played versus Tom Brady the first time. He scored the touchdown to give the team the lead uh, in the final minute. Defense gave up a long touchdown to Tom Brady as time expired. Um, then you look at the duel versus Russell Wilson a couple years ago. Goes down versus the Legion of Boom defense, puts up 450 yards and 55 yards rushing and I think five touchdowns. Scored a touchdown in the last minute to give the team the lead. Lead gets evaporated by Russell Wilson touchdown at the end. You look at this year, plays Drew Brees. Uh, drives all the way down the, the field, throws for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, throws a touchdown pass to take the lead with 37 seconds. Defense gives away. So I think the, the secondary for the Texans has been a problem. But here's what's happened. We got rid of a lot of the players that were a problem on that secondary. We brought in some younger talent with a lot more speed because that's typically what has given the Texans a majority of problems. That and the fact that the Ravens rarely use their passing to their wide receivers. Hollywood Brown gives you occasional big play. Willie Sneed a little bit. But last, last week they had uh, their three tight ends were their three largest target, targeted receivers. Their wide receivers were fourth and fifth when it came to targets. So uh, if you have a team that throws the ball a lot to their tight ends, the uh, Texans are top five in the NFL at defending tight ends. They're number three in the NFL defending the run. That is the entire offense of the Ravens. And you look at Deshaun, all those games, he's put up monster stats. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be able to do like a Russell Wilson or a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees and lead them down the field at the end of the game to win the game because I think the game's going to get away from them. The, the Out of the narrative of Lamar Jackson that we've seen, Lamar over his career has played one of the easiest schedules over his first 18 games of anybody else in the league. Um, I'm not hating on Lamar Jackson. I think he's an incredibly talented player, but the facts are the facts. He's played 18 games. 12 of those teams he's faced are below 500. The teams that were at or above 500 when he played them, they were three, they've been three and three. So they're not blowing out great teams. They're blowing out. I mean, look at their schedule this year. They've already played the Bengals twice. They've already played the Cardinals. They've already played the uh, Dolphins when the Dolphins were tanking. Those four games, Lamar Jackson has 12 total touchdowns. He had 10 passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. The games versus the rest of the teams, he's got five passing touchdowns, five interceptions, and he's got four rushing touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with the numbers that Deshaun is going to put up. So the reasons are, one, Deshaun always plays well in these matchups. Two, the Ravens, can they, they pass the ball to their tight ends and they run the ball. That is the strength of the Texans' defense. And thirdly, the strength of the, Tex, uh, the uh, Texans' offense is the ability for Deshaun to extend plays and their ability to run the ball. They're the 12th most efficient running team, but they're a top five rushing team as far as yardage goes. And the Ravens are bottom five in the league in run defense and bottom five in the league in pass rush. So take the Texans, get the four points, or take the money line. Those are the weekend picks. Check me out uh, on IG, uh, at Amibros underscore podcast, at Twitter, at Amibros podcast, or on Facebook.com forward slash The Amibros. Also, check us out on any place you can find your podcast. That's Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, your mom's house. I don't know. Threw that out there. Whatever. I'll catch y'all next week. Be blessed. I'm out. Woo!